Good morning. Hi, if we haven't met, my name is Steph and welcome to my room. <laughs> this is where I've been over the last six weeks of lockdown. Um, I live in a small room in a shared house in Watford and I'm glad you could come in and join me here this morning. I have the privilege this morning of sharing on our series on prayer. We're looking at prayer because we want to look at how we can go deeper into the way we meet with God. And we're modeling this after something we found in Pete Gregg's book, How to Pray, where you take the word pray and make it an acronym with each letter standing for a way that we can journey step by step deeper into prayer. And last week, Tim kicked us off really well um, with starting with P um, and talking about pause. And Tim encouraged us to find ways to be still because in that we can know God. And as we pause and be still, we move naturally to the next letter R, which stands for reflect and rejoice. Now you might be thinking, rejoice? About what? What am I supposed to rejoice about, Steph? And to that I say, fair play. <laughs> I'd be lying if I said I wasn't disappointed after last Sunday's talk with the Prime Minister. I mean, I knew he wasn't going to say, as you were, back to normal, but I am so ready to get out of lockdown. So I get it if the last thing you feel right now is rejoicing. But can I encourage you? I think today God wants not to admonish us or make us feel bad for feeling bad, but show us how we can untangle our idea that we have to feel up to rejoicing, tidy ourselves up to praise him, and invite us, you and me, to rejoice from relationship. Rejoice from relationship. Because praising God is about so much more than just going through the motions. It is about being moved. Moved out from under the weight of our presence and moved into the presence of God. I mean, what more do we need right now than that? To be moved out from under the weight of lockdown and uncertainty and stress and fear and to be moved into the presence of God. And we know that rejoicing has that power because we see it throughout scripture. All throughout this book, we see praises turning people's lives and hearts around. In 2 Chronicles 20, we see the Israelites who are facing an enemy whose armies and forces are way bigger than their own. But before they go to the battlefield, they feel called to praise God. And as they praise God, as they take time for that, they approach the battle. And by the time they get to the battle lines, they realize their enemy has already been defeated. They rejoice and entered into a war already victorious. Or in chapter 16 of Acts, Paul and Silas are being thrown into prison, arrested for the crime of testifying to the good news of Jesus Christ. And in chapter 16 of Acts, we find them in this jail cell, chained up. It's really dark and dirty, rats running across the floor. And they're in this cell, and in that space, they decide to sing to God, to sing the Psalms. And as they sing, their chains fall off. Their cell door swings open, 
And not just theirs, but everyone's. The guards have to come running to see what's happened. Now, Paul and Silas's situation hadn't changed. They were still under arrest. They were still under threat to their lives. But in their lockdown, they found release. They rejoiced and the things holding them back in their circumstances were broken off and they were free. We can rejoice from relationship and experience this kind of release, this kind of victory, and moving out from under the weight of our present and into the presence of God. Where would you like to be moved today? What might you like to be moved out from under? What weight are you carrying at the moment that you want to be moved out from under? And where do you want to be moved into the presence of God? He is inviting us to rejoice from relationship. So how do we do this? Sounds great, but sounds a lot easier said than done. I get it. (laughs) How do we rejoice from relationship? We reflect. We reflect on two things. We reflect on how we feel. And we reflect on what we know. Because our tendency with rejoicing, praising God, is to sweep all of our stuff from the week that we're currently dealing with, that that has unburied itself from years of struggle, and we sweep it under the rug so we have a nice, tidy place to stand so we can praise God. But because what God wants is relationship, we have been invited to throw back the rug to rejoice from a place where we have lifted up all of our mess, good, bad, and ugly, and turned and given it to God, and in that, seen our eyes locked on the one we are handing it to. By reflecting on how we feel, where we're at, what's around us, we are able to handle it, lift it up to God, and reflect on what we know, who we know. So let's look at each of these reflections together, kind of some practical ways that we can reflect and be led into rejoicing from relationship. So we can reflect on how we feel. I think there's this narrative in the church, maybe you've heard it, I know I have a lot, where you've got faith on this side and feelings on this side. You've got your faith, which is firm and strong, and what you must rely on. And then you've got feelings, which are fickle and can harm faith. So you've got to cut it off. You've got to squash them down, box them away to turn solely to your faith. And to some degree, that's right. Our faith is the only certain thing in our lives. It is our foundation, and we can be 100% confident in it. And our feelings can change on a dime. They're not always trustworthy. They make us assume things. But I don't believe God wants us to disconnect them. I think God wants to encourage us today to stop being afraid of what our feelings can do to our faith and imagine what they could do for our faith. Because we are engaging in relationship. And just like any relationship here on earth, we don't just want to connect with people who are there for the highs, the celebrations and laughs. We want real friends, real relationships that will be there for us when we're crying, when we need to just vent. Who will take on as much good times as they will bad. And God's the same way. 
He wants to meet us where we're at in relationship, to deepen relationship with him. I mean, the Bible's full of people shouting and crying out to God. It's not tidy or pretty. It is messy and so beautifully human. Let's look at one instance of this by looking at Psalm 77. Now in Psalm 77, we meet the psalmist who is crying out to God. He is physically and with his words, reaching out desperately to the God that he needs. And in verse four, we hear him say, you've kept my eyelids from closing. I'm so upset, I can't even speak. I think about days long past. I remember years that seem an eternity in the past. I meditate with my heart at night. I complain and my spirit keeps searching. Will my Lord reject me forever? Will he never be pleased again? Has his faithful love come to a complete end? Is his promise over for future generations? Has God forgotten how to be gracious? Has he angrily stopped up his compassion? It is my misfortune, I thought, that the strong hand of the Most High is different now. Now that might sound a little overdramatic, but if we're honest, we've all been in similar places before. God, why did you let this happen? How could you be good? I'm hurt. This is so hard. And here the psalmist gives us a beautiful example of letting God into these moments. Of not holding them back and burying them away, but throwing them out for him to see. I recently have been feeling a lot of grief. Uh, my Nana, my grandmother, passed away a few months ago. She was 93 and had lived a full life. And so I was happy that she was able to find physical rest and peace and go to heaven. But I still miss her. I still grieve the loss of her. And as I was grieving, I reflected on my relationship with her. I looked back over our time together and I found this space. When I was 13, my grandfather, her husband, passed away from cancer. The cancer was quick and aggressive and it was way more than 13 year old Steph could handle. And in that time where we were both grieving the loss of someone so important to us, my Nana was constantly asking how I was. She was inviting me over to their house to find comfort and she was opening her arms continually to me to just embrace me. But I was so scared about what my feelings would do to my relationship with her that I wouldn't accept any of it. I thought, I'm going to overwhelm her. She's already caring so much. It was her husband who died of 50 plus years. Maybe I'll offend her that I'm carrying such pain. Or maybe I will lay it all out and she'll think it's too much or too dark and she'll walk away rejecting me and leaving me to face everything unearthed on my own. I was so scared about what it would do to us. But now after she's passed and I reflect on our life together, I wonder what it could have done for our relationship. The ways we could have grown closer 
and understood each other better. If instead of separating myself from her, I joined her in the home and we stood together in the space my grandfather had left behind. If we laughed and cried together, sharing the grief that outside of our family, the world couldn't understand. How might have we gone closer? How might have we have understood how to love one another better? It definitely wouldn't have hurt. It only would have helped. And I feel really grateful that despite that, we had a wonderful relationship. And when she passed, we were on really amazing terms. But I think there's something in this for us, not just for me, but for all of us. Because we are all grieving right now. Whether you feel it now or it hits you later when you're back into a rhythm of life, we have all lost something. We have had COVID-19 come into our lives. We've entered into lockdown and we have lost any hopes or plans we had for the year. We've lost time with loved ones. We've lost jobs, lost lives. We have lost any sense of normal. So what if we invited God into that loss? Instead of cutting him off and disconnecting our feelings from our faith, what if we reflected on how we felt and held out all that we were holding back? I think it would only do wonders for our relationship. Reflect right now on how you feel. How do you feel today? How have you been? What might you be holding back that you can hold out to God? And as we hold these things out to God, we naturally turn to the second reflection, reflecting on what we know. We hold these feelings out to God and we look and we see afresh who we're giving it to, what we know about him, what he's done. To see this shift, let's return to Psalm 77 to our very distressed friend. In verse 10, we start to see something shift. It's my misfortune, I thought, that the strong hand of the Most High is different now. But I will remember the Lord's deeds. Yes, I will remember your wondrous acts from the times long past. I will meditate on all your works. I will ponder your deeds. God, your way is holiness. Who is as great a God as you, God? You are the God who works wonders. You have demonstrated your strength among all peoples. Wow. Now we don't know if the psalmist's circumstances have changed, but we can definitely see he has. In verse 11, it hinges on but. But I will remember. Yes, I will remember. He didn't do anything special or magical. He reflected, reflected on a lifetime with God, what God had done for him, possibly reflected on what he had read in the Torah, but we know is the Old Testament. He reflected and saw who God was and that brought him to a place of rejoicing. He went from saying, where are you? How could you to who is as great as you, God? I believe with confidence that God wants to take us on the same journey today. If you were to reflect on your experiences with God, 
what you know in your lifetime, what do you see? Or maybe if you reflect on scripture you know, stories you've heard, what do you see? If we reflect on what we know, we see who we know, and it will become all that we can see. I actually experienced this a few days ago. Um, I was kneeling just over there <laughs> in the corner of my room and I was having it out with God. I was angry. I was so hurt. I had prayers that God hadn't answered, questions I wanted to understand. And I was feeling so much pain that I was sobbing on my knees, feeling physically crushed by the weight of it all. And as I lashed out at God, as I threw my feelings on him, reflecting on where I was at, these verses of this song came to mind. All my life, you have been faithful. All my life, you have been so, so good. And I didn't understand where that was coming from because in the moment, God didn't feel faithful. He didn't feel good. In fact, the exact opposite. And yet as I thought them and I turned to look at them in curiosity, they became all I could see. And amidst the tears and the anger, I realized, yeah, yeah, God has been faithful. Okay, yeah, if I look back on my life, he has been so, so good. I can't deny those things. And the more I reflected upon them, I went from thinking them to saying them, to singing them. And I went from crying in pain to crying in joy, literally on my knees, hitting the floor before God, to lifting my hands and singing uncontainably, all my life you have been faithful, all my life you've been so, so good. It was crazy, this turn of my heart, this shift of focus. It truly was a moving me out from under the weight of my pain and into the presence of God. That's the best way to describe it. And like the psalmist, there's nothing special or supernatural that I did to do this. I simply reflected on what I knew, even in the midst of all I felt. And that truth was so powerful and alive and captivating, it drew me into the presence of God. And I believe the same thing can happen for you today. You can rejoice from relationship, be led into the rejoicing from the place of reflecting on what you know. I think that's why in the Lord's Prayer before Jesus, praises God, he calls him by name, a personal, intimate knowing of him. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. He is led to rejoice through the personal connection of son to father, a connection we now have as God's daughters and sons. In Psalm 33, 21, it says, I rejoice because I trust in his holy name. What names do you know God by? Father, healer, savior, provider, king of kings. We have been invited to rejoice from relationship. We've been given permission, covered by God's love and grace, to reflect honestly on how we feel, 
showing him it all, inviting him into it all, and reflecting intentionally on what we know. Letting the power and living truth of God fill our hearts and minds. In a moment, Helen's going to lead us through these steps. She's going to have us take a moment of pause to be still. And then she's going to lead us to reflect. And can I encourage you, reflect on how you feel. Reflect on where you're at right now. And then together, we're going to turn our minds to reflect on what we know who God is, what he's done, and we're going to enter into rejoicing. We're going to sing the song Waymaker together. And I just want to encourage you, if you get to the point of the song and you still don't feel up to it, you're still knee deep in all that you feel, say the words out loud still. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper. Say them like a decision. Even if it's through gritted teeth and tears, Say them out loud, and I am confident that you will be drawn into the presence of God. Because that's what he does, and that's what he longs to do. Let's do that together now. <laughs> 